0: Quedando, lea, quizandorea, listening to cozy zone with Ben Weber the coziest podcast on the planet <sighs> oof friends my goodness it is a dark time in the cozy business Eesh. you know I, I the overwhelm of horrible things that are happening on a daily basis in plain sight like the things that aren't you know they're not like being leaked you know that we're discovering horrible things it is it is terrible acts against humanity in plain sight in plain view of of the public of the media uh, it's it's uh it's staggering um i feel it in my my body every day uh i i am i am striving to maintain some self-care practices, doing some meditation, writing some morning pages, eating well, sleeping as much as I can, being in the company of people that I love. But yikes, man, it's it's hard. And you know, I'm I'm trying to do my my little tiny bit uh you know, to resist the darkness. You know, I signed up for my monthly ACLU donations. I am gathering with, with like-minded folks to talk about how to amplify our actions. Um, I, I've applied to volunteer uh, at uh, for, for child care at some local domestic violence shelters. Um, as you may know, you know, funding for violence against women has been cut. Uh, arts funding is threatening to be cut, which, you know is terrible um but i uh, it's also nice to know that there are organizations uh like our sponsor, the Cozy Zone Foundation, that will certainly make up for any uh the the meager amount of of money that the the national endowments for the arts provides arts you know we are we are a very um very wealthy organization, so you know the arts I think are going to be okay due to the cozy zone foundation um and, you know, listen, so I'm still doing this podcast. I'm still very cozy with the the supporters and the board of of the Cozy Zone Foundation. Um, and I, I, I did have a chance to get down to D.C. Uh, to be a part of the Women's March there. Uh, I went with my sweetie Nicolette and her sweetie Emmett. And my very generous Aunt Lisa and my Uncle Bill put us up in their Tacoma Park, home, which uh, was uh, the base of operations for this this very exciting, uh, enthusiasm generating event. Um, it was it was comforting, you know, to be in in that swell of hundreds of thousands of people, you know, shouting against injustice, having beautiful signs, hilarious signs, angry signs, poetic signs. So many bodies, so many pink pussy hats uh, I loved it I, it made me feel amazing and you know that that amazing feeling that comfort that I I felt is is not sustainable right that is not the the way forward that is not the way to defeat the darkness and I I I'm striving to situate myself more in a place of discomfort right sitting with the darkness within um you know, trying to find the the answers. What what to do next? What feels good for me? Uh, is it protesting? Is it writing? Is it calling? Uh, you know, how can I amplify the good works of those around me? Uh, thank you to all of you who are protesting, who went to uh, JFK and airports around the country to to put your body in solidarity with uh, immigrants who are, are being banned uh, entry, uh, many of them legal, uh, legally allowed to be in this country are being uh, banned from entering. Uh, thank you for all of you who are making calls, who are continuing to organize, who are continuing to reach out. Um, I, I have a lot of gratitude for you, and, and it's inspiring to me. You know, and so here we are. We're at the Cozy Zone. This is a podcast about coziness, about connection, about vulnerability. And, you know, I I do believe, honestly, that this is important work, that forging connections between other human beings, finding our our common fears and weaknesses and strengths and delights and desires, um, is a really healing, unifying act. Uh, And so I'm continuing to do it. And I'm I'm honored to present to you this week's guest, this, this guest on episode 53 of Cozy Zone with Ben Weber. Uh, here we have Stephen Sheffer. He's my sweet, handsome friend. He's an actor, a writer, and a neighborhood fun guy. And Stephen and I, we find a, a secluded perch on the high ground of Prospect Park in Brooklyn, Um, Not too far from the Nethermead, if you all are familiar. Um, And so on this side, Side A, we we talk about our our child artist selves, how to be with your ex, and Stephen's Prospect Park transgressions. It's important to say that Stephen is just a delightful human being. Uh, I love being near him. I love seeing him around the neighborhood. He feels like this this magical spirit and makes me feel like, wow, I've really... I've really managed to do well in life that I can, like, run into this guy in the neighborhood, on the street. Um, He makes me smile. You're gonna love all of the things that we talk about. He really, really kills it on the cozy zone. So, friends, thanks thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for doing your part to resist. And without further ado, please enjoy... Episode 53 Steven Sheffer in Prospect Park Side A I like all the versions of your personality that I've I've met
1: Yeah, how many have you gotten
0: Um well I there's there's been actor Steven
1: Okay, you mean you've seen me on stage I've seen
0: you on stage? I've uh, I've seen you as like benevolent X
1: Steven benevolent act uh-huh with with Lucas and Antonio Oh my god yeah 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 uh-huh. okay okay uh, okay a benevolent uh, act I, I, I went to meet up with Lucas Yeah Yeah mhm Oh my god and oh, I've okay.
0: seen I've That's se- when I met you I think actually. No Maybe I don't know I don't think so No cuz we we've run into each other in the neighborhood
1: Yeah I know but I think it was that was
0: That was like when maybe that's like the most time we've spent like together I don't but, know. But is that possible?
1: I no, don't know. That I don't... was just one night at a bar Yeah. it was a reading and, mm-hmm. and Nicolette was in it. That's right. And then we went to for a drink afterwards. Yeah. And then Lucas and I had a little weird interaction right at the very end. That was very typical of Lucas. What, what
0: was that interaction?
1: Oh God. Well if he listens to this, he's gonna be like Um Uh It was it was just like a weird it was just a weird kinda I felt like there was like this weird sort of territorial thing that mm. happened. I mean I could t- I remember it vividly, but you know, maybe it's not worth discussing. Well, no, but all
0: right. But so that, you know, but this is, this is, but you know, the city is your turf. You, you know? know how it
1: is with like ex-boyfriends or girlfriends or anyone who you've been kind of intimate with over a period of time. Um, there's something about knowing them as on an essential level, I think. And they, you yeah. as well. And I think the reason that I've remained relatively close with all the people that I've been in relationships with is because of that, is because there there is something that they know about me on an essential level, and I them, um, that kind of, no matter what, you know, I guess barring some sort of major, um, what's it called when you, like, are, do something horrible to somebody? It D- starts with a D. <laughs> um, not some a, kind of major... Like a diss? No, I don't know. Anyway, like barring di- some kind of major fallout, you yeah. know what I mean? But even yeah. then, like, I, I think I've had major <coughs> fallouts with previous relationships
0: i don't know i don't know
1: i mean yeah
0: i i that is something that i would like to learn more about what just like being you know i i I really like the idea of that that if someone knows the essential part of you yeah then you get to like you know, be a part of their life or they're like, they're in you forever and you can maybe have a relationship with them that's somewhat easier. When you
1: see them, you kind of have their number. Like there's no pretense and they have your number and there's no pretense. You can kind of just be, even if you're catching up or whatever it is that you're doing. And then also the flip side of that is that you kind of sometimes can see things Mm -hmm. in a certain light. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or interpret things in a certain light, Mm -hmm. be they good or bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's why we broke up, for example. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or that's why we were together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of these qualities. Yeah. But, I mean, it's very, I'm speaking very generally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, great, uh, it's a great way in. so the, the person we were speaking about is the, the boyfriend oh of God, the ex-husband e- of Nicolette. Yes. Mm-hmm yeah Mm -hmm.
1: Uh uh-huh is nicolette a character on this show in a way uh yeah yeah i mean insofar as like yeah definitely a character on this show okay yeah yeah so i know it's a bizarre little random connection Mm -hmm. but um i don't know it's also not that surprising in a way but it's kind of funny yeah
0: steven i want to formally welcome you to your cozy zone
1: oh thanks ben
0: yeah um, where where are we? We're right in
1: Prospect now? Park. The idea okay, so let's just give the backstory here. Although it looks like it's cutting over and it's gonna rain, which would be a major bummer. Um but uh the idea was that I wanted to pitch my tent in the park and we were gonna get cozy inside my tent. Um, but I've just had a, pa- a bad track record with um breaking ordinances in Prospect Park and getting caught for it. So I thought it would behoove us uh, slash me to just try and get a permit. And then, you know, as soon as you try and do something like get a permit from a, a government organization, it's like Kafka times 10 <laughs> or whatever. So, like, you send somebody an email and then that person emails you back and tells you to go to this website where you have to email someone out. And, like, you know what I mean? And then next thing you know, you want to you wanna shoot yourself in the head. So, But you did it and you got an e. Like, I was very impressed by your groundwork. Well... Yeah, and the only thing is, uh, as related to Prospect Park, is actually for a permit to do that kind of thing, it would have they would have needed a month notice, which is but like... do they really? That's like, what they said. That's what he said when he wrote me back. But it's just, a, we're just a, like these goofy guys like talking just, into microphones. I know, but it's because they already issued a permit for the thing that's happening down another Nethermead right now. Right, which is like a dog which photo is some shoot. sort of video film, I don't know, I mean, I didn't really investigate. Yeah, it. There were show dogs, and there was like a huge light... Set up. Yeah. And lots of tents. Yeah. It was very cute. So the, do you want me to tell you about how I got um, apprehended twice at Prospect Park? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> okay. So the first time, um, both of them are kind of like, what? Uh, the first time I had guests vid- visiting from out of town. And at night, when you come to Prospect Park, down by the boathouse, there's this beautiful kind of terrace with these globe lights. And they reflect on the water. And it's a beautiful, picturesque serene, kind of postcard image. And I had these guests visiting from out of town, and so I was like, okay, you guys, you gotta come see how pretty this is. It's beautiful, you know. Uh, And I had been in the park after close numerous times, like just riding my bike through or whatever over the years, and never... I mean, one time I did have a police officer uh, go boop, boop, and be like, the park is closed. And I just exited at the next exit, and that was it. Um, but this particular time, it was 1.30. Uh, the park technically closes at 1. Um, and we entered the park to just kind of dodge over. It's just like five minutes from my apartment, just a little spot. And uh, we're walking over, and then we see up ahead... Or just over on the road, this a cop car and it shines its lights. So I'm like, and I, the thing that was funny to my friends, or that they still tease me for, is that I was like, run! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we didn't. Uh, the cops came over and I was like, you guys, I will pay the tickets. You know what I mean? But we didn't get a ticket. We got a summons. Okay. We like, had to go to court. You had to go to court. So my friends were very upset with me. Uh, you know, they're just on vacation <laughs> yeah. and now they're like having trouble with the law. Oh. You know what I mean? And I was like, I I felt badly. I mean, I I really it wasn't my intention to do something bad. Sure. Um although I often have uh, a bit of an attitude that the rules don't necessarily <laughs> apply to me. Oh, that's that's but, good to know. Okay. Um they do, you know. Yeah. And so anyway, so uh yeah, so we went the next day to the courthouse in Red Hook to clear everything up, um but because it had just happened the night before, um they hadn't processed the paperwork yet so we had to like sit there and kind of write out all this stuff and they were like we're just guests here from the UK anyway we ended up going before the judge and we get up there one two three one after the next and he's like the judge is like prospect park closes at 1am do you know that now and we're like yes case dismissed that's it. And I'm like, you guys could have just made a cool, I don't know how much a ticket would have been. Let's say hundred bucks each. I would have just paid you $300. Yeah. Instead you have to pay a judge. Yeah. That's so expensive. Yeah. For them. Yeah. Right? Why? I like, don't know. Why, why did they just give us a ticket instead? I, I don't know. Anyway. And then my friends were really upset uh, still. Actually, you know what? I no. So they were like, we can't process it yet. So they were like, you're going to have to come back. So you went. And they were like, okay, so we're like, all right, well, we'll just have to come back at the end of your two-week trip. So the whole two weeks, they have this hanging over them. (laughs) And so right before the end of the trip, we go back, and that's when the case was dismissed. And the whole time, I mean, they were going on and on about it, like, constantly bringing it up, being like, well, you got us arrested or whatever. And it actually got to the point where I was like, okay, I've apologized. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) Anyway, so that was the first time The second time, um, I was riding my bike the wrong way Down the hill Over Uh here, like down the road On the main road, the wrong, opposite traffic But in winter, when there are like Four people in the park Yeah You can't ride your bike that way I'm like, oh, okay, sorry, I just live over here You know, they're like, no, Summons I had to go back to the same courthouse, go back up. I don't remember if it was the same judge. He's like, do you know it's for your own safety? Do you know now that whatever? And I'm like, yep, case dismissed. Same thing. So I was like, okay, you know, just like putting on my, you know, I don't know. I guess they use it as a way to like kind of get you in the system, bring you in front of somebody and kind of scope you out maybe. Like they're like, are you, you know what I mean? So it's like almost like a social control thing. Right. Uh, that's the only logic that I can really apply to it, why they would do that instead of just issuing a ticket. Yeah. And the other thing is, and I mean, this is a tangent and nobody will care except for like me and maybe other people who ride bikes around here. Yeah. But there's no way, like riding a bike down Flatbush Avenue is really dangerous. I've actually gotten to a bike crash oh, there it's before. So, so scary. I have a scar, like the scar here. Is, oh, I see it. Yeah, that's from crashing my bike oh, Flatbush how Flatbush Avenue. What happened? That's a whole other story. Wow. Well. Um, <laughs> so there's no real safe way to bike the, around the park that way. There's no bike lane. Yeah. So that's why I was riding the wrong way. You know what I mean? They yeah. Really. Need, anyway. So that's a larger issue. And sure. I should probably get involved in my community board. Well, yeah. So anyway, so that the reason I'm bringing up those two stories is because that's why I didn't want to break the rule today and pitch the tent anyway, right. because I, with my luck, we would get a summons, yeah. and then I would feel badly about that, yeah. and, you know, it's just, I, I just, I was telling you this earlier, I feel like I'm the kind of person who, like, even though I think the rules don't apply to me, I seem to always get caught for stuff. It, the, the rules that I break aren't really that bad. No. But, you know. And you're,
0: you know, you're a tall, handsome, white man.
1: Yeah. So yeah. so maybe is that why the <laughs> don't rules don't know. apply? Oh, is that why? Um like I'm entitled? Um but probably, yeah. And then but and then also like I mean, you know what I mean? Not consciously. Sure. Not sure. like I'm walking around being like, I'm white, male, tall. I mean, I don't know if height but Oh, there's power. I think it's there's, more so just like yeah. honestly, I think it's like a family trait. My dad is kind of like that too. Okay, okay, you know what I mean, but he's also a tall, handsome white. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know about my sister; she's a little bit more like abiding.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but I don't know. Yeah, I I, I don't know.
0: And, and did you have any feelings like when you were like in in
1: the court in front of the judge? Like I was nervous. You were. I was nervous, but I put on my best. You know sort of neutral like I didn't I didn't cop any attitude or I didn't sure. try to make any jokes yeah. or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> you know what I mean I was sure. just like yes sir you know what I mean yeah you have to full sentences you know yes instead of yeah right you know what I mean yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> yes I don't know I d- I, re- I you know that's the kind of thing that my mom used to like, used to make used to correct me for not correct me for but she'd be like yes not yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where did so, you, where did you grow up? Well, I'm Canadian. Okay. You that, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I grew up in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, okay. our nation's capital. Ah. Um, it's a cold place in the winter. And I, yeah, I grew up there. My dad worked for the federal government for a time. So that's why I think our family was there <laughs> for a time. And then my parents are now in Vancouver and Montreal. Okay. Oh. And I'm here. and My sister's in Vancouver as well. Hmm. Yeah. What like what was your favorite thing about growing up Canadian? Oh, my God. I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm very fond of Canada. I'm starting to very much question why I'm in the United States at all. You know, there's definitely this idea when you're in Canada of wanting to come to the States because of this sort of myth of the limitlessness of opportunity in a way, yeah. um, which does exist here, I guess. Um, it also doesn't. I don't know um but growing up in canada what was my favorite thing well i don't know the one thing that's kind of coming to mind right now is that i used to skate to school oh. people usually think that that's pretty cute yeah um that i grew up on a canal and my school was on the same canal just further down so i could just like throw my skates over my shoulder and jog down to the canal and then hop over put on my skates and then skate to my school like ice skate like ice skate wow yeah not skateboard. Not, not skateboard, not roller not skate. Roller blade, not roller skate. Huh. <laughs> that is nuts. Although I probably rollerbladed as well. I was really into rollerblading in my early teens. <laughs> you know, like in the nineties when yeah. rollerblading was like really Yeah. Hot. It was really hot. Yeah, I saw a guy yesterday on rollerblades. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do tricks though. Like what? Like jumps and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Did you go to like a park? like with obstacles? No, it wasn't like that. It was but it w- I mean it was a park, but it wasn't like a roller park. It okay. was like an area of a park where I used to go with my friend Jane and we used to do tricks and stuff. Did you did you feel like an artist in Canada? As a child? Yeah. I mean, I was a professional artist in Canada as a child. I grew up as a singer. Okay. And um, I worked professionally singing. Uh So I did opera. I started in choir. And then that led to opera. And that's sort of of how I set foot on stage um, originally. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So, yes. So you probably did feel like an artist because you were uh, uh, a professional artist. I was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I I was. So I I guess I felt like an artist (laughs) i don't know if i um i don't really know what that means necessarily except for that i think it has to do with your priorities perhaps right do you know what i mean and sort of the like uh you know amount of time you spend thinking about creative stuff yeah or that i spend thinking about creative stuff do you know what i mean totally or like putting it into action yeah Do you know what I mean? I do. I guess as a priority.
0: Right. So were you, so you were... Versus a hobby. Were you just going through, I mean, you were like, obviously on stage singing in operas, singing in choirs, but like, were you, was it on your
1: mind? Although hobbyists are artists too. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Was it on my mind? I don't know. It was just what I did. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When you're a kid, I think you just sort of accept everything around you as being like what it is, you know? And if your parents set up opportunities for you, although a lot of the stuff I kind of found or found me, you know what I mean? I didn't have like parents who were hustling me as, as a, as a, as stage parents or thank God. Yeah. I knew kids like that. I, I, I worked with kids like that. Yeah. parents were like at the stage door ready to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, mom, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) are you picking me up today? No, not really. I, I didn't have absentee parents or anything like that, but it wasn't my parents' idea. Yeah. It was, it came from me. And actually now when I struggle with, uh, what i'm trying to do which is get roles and create projects and and lead as a creative person professionally as much as i can i do go back to that kid and i think back to that kid and i was like oh wait a minute no this was something that uh that that it wasn't uh just something that i randomly chose it's something that i i really organically found and and developed into and and with my whole life yeah and i and i and i try to remember that when i feel frustrated or i feel like i suck or i feel like no one wants me or that i um i'm not worthwhile you know or any good or whatever yeah i I try to remember that oh wait a minute no like there's actually something inside me that um prompted me to pursue performance and create creativity You know what I
0: mean? I do. Is there a particular, like, performance or experience that you had as a child that sort of you can harken back to as, like, a specifically, like, soothing memory?
1: Well, it's not about it being soothing. It's about it more so being, like, a fire. Ah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I, like, rock myself to sleep thinking about how when I was a child. (laughs) You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. It's more like... uh, There was a a passion and a drive there as a child. Yeah. You know, and a talent, you know, I think. Well, I mean, what was was at least recognized, you know, as a talent. So, um, is there something I go back to that I think about specifically? Well,. I I just felt like I don't really know. I mean, I I I you know, when I was little, I did opera like I mentioned and I played this one character named Amal in this in this opera called Amal and the Night Visitors, which is um oh god, I mean, this is like so long. I mean, talk about ancient history, but um Basically, the story of them all the night visitors is the wise men are following the star of Bethlehem on their way to meet Jesus, and on the way they it's night, so they need to stop and sleep, and they stop in this house. And, they t- and the mother is there with her crippled son, and they're like, oh, we're trying to find the Son of God. The star is leading us to the Son of God, and they have all these riches, right? All these things that they're bringing as gifts to bring to Jesus, and the mother is like, it's my son, it's my son. My son is the Son of God. She's trying to convince them, mm-hmm. Um but for whatever reason, you know, I don't know what the sign is that they need in order to know that. But it's not him. She tries to steal the stuff. Their security guy, he's like the, the page, gets mad at her, and then a mall who's crippled like goes to defend her, and he can walk for the first time and the and the wise men are like it's a sign it's a a miracle it's a miracle from god it's a sign that we're on the right track whatever whatever and that's basically the story and i did that part for two a couple years wow you know before my voice changed Uh i was like a boy soprano yep um and that was like when i felt like i was really sort of um like i was you know i was the main character yeah so title role Yeah. So I, that was when I kind of felt like I was, I had, um, there was like output and then also like a, 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 like validation in the sense that like I, I was, um, I don't know, recognized for having talent. So, I, I you know, I don't know. I, that's like the, that's one thing that I think about specifically. Yeah. Yeah, is that a good answer? That's a great answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: I I mean, I wanted to hear about like, yeah, what Stephen Sheffer, boy star, looked like. (laughs) Well,
1: I mean, in Ottawa, you know what I mean? Well, well, our nation's capital. Yeah, well, yes, that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it is. You know, it wasn't like. I mean, yeah, it was professional. It was professional work, but it it was. You know, I mean, it was Ottawa.
0: Well, okay. Well, listen, I was uh, you know I was a professional actor in uh, in Milwaukee. Oh yeah, uh-huh, yes. yeah. In the you know the children's theater there, I was in a David Mamet play. Okay, uh-huh, the cryptogram. Yeah. So, and I, I definitely, uh, yeah, like I, I lived that life for a little bit. Like, yeah. Also got some acclaim, you know, some right. recognition, and it feels great. I don't know though. I I'm very I feel very cut off though from that. Part of my life like there's not there's not a easeful through line for me and and i think i'm working on trying to like
1: you know harken back and like sort of you know because for some reason you kind of dropped it yeah 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 because you wanted to or yeah. you felt you had to or you just you know but you, just because you dropped something Thing, doesn't mean you can't that it can't come back no totally again in another way that you didn't imagine and you know I, what I mean or just because you've stayed on with something doesn't mean that you shouldn't drop it now totally thank you for listening
0: to cozy zone with me ben weber episode 53 Steven Sheffer piece. in Prospect Park, Side A. Be sure to do a full-body release all up in our and internet presence. Follow me on Instagram, he at Ben Weber Projects. Follow me on Twitter, at it's Cozy Zones. Find our page it's on Facebook, the Cozy Zone. Zone Foundation, and like it. I'd really like that. And to find the true abundance of coziness on the interwebs, please go to www.benweberprojects.com. Dot com up Cozy Zone swing. with Ben Weber is on iTunes, Stitcher, and all of your very favorite podcatchers. Please so. join us next time for Side B.